Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Come inside, the show's about to start. Guaranteed to blow your head apart. This is the Shannon Smith Shooting Podcast. Guess it up. Hello, shooters. 2021. We made it. Maybe. It's going to all be better now, right? So it's getting towards the end of January. My goal was to get back on the podcast and a little better this year, so I already kind of fail on that, but I'm going to make an effort to get uh, to do better, be more consistent. Uh, I have a lot of, a fair amount of people come up to me at matches and and uh, compliment on the cast, usually with when the heck is the next cast coming out. So I know there's people out there listening, and I certainly appreciate that. Uh, I want to start this year off with uh, a couple things. One I've been wanting to get at for months and then um, the other one if you saw the New Year's Instagram post the big news from Shannon Smith shooting which I think is pretty much out of the bag now as I'm leaving Universal Shooting Academy after the uh, Florida Open next month. So I'll be here uh, through then to run that match and then I'm gone. So the $100 question that matches have been what the hell am I going to go do? And I've heard a lot of good a lot of good rumors out there, so if any of those things come to fruition, I'll let you know when I know, but now right now I'm going to hang my own shingle, I'm going to teach under the Shannon Smith shooting brand, uh, contract with ranges around Florida, uh, which I have uh, relationships, relationships with already, as well as uh, make some new relationships in Florida, and uh, I'll finally have time now that I'm not running a major match every week to uh, probably travel and teach some as well, so if any of y'all out there would like me at your facility, uh, you can give me a holler through the social media channels or email. I'll be revamping the website uh, next month as well, getting the class information on there and, and that type of stuff. But as always, you can follow me on Instagram and, um, and Facebook through the Shannon Smith Shooting Brand and uh, as well as my website. And I'm going to try to get better on the podcast. So if there's something you want to hear about or a question you got, uh, let me know anything shooting related. I've kind of gotten off the cigars for a bit, but I've been enjoying those a little a little bit more recently. Had some Lot 23 Connecticut's, which are kind of light, but uh, they were good. We had a IDPA state match this weekend at the range. I'm just pulling out on Sunday night. So we'll talk more about that one later. Uh, so that's the, that's the big news coming up. So be sure and give me a holler. Uh, stay in contact. And um, the uh, shooting Facebook page is probably the most convenient way to stay up to date on what I got going on, where I'm going to be, and, and what I'm going to be doing. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about for months is uh, this podcast has always been shooting-centric, but uh, I like a little mix of just straight-up how-to-shoot techniques, tricks and drills, uh, competition stuff, uh, but then the self-defense aspect as well, because it all it all ties in, and I'm a, I like to think of myself as a self-defender and but it's more than just uh, more than just carrying the gun. So when the Corona thing uh, started, which I guess was March-ish, really, when like we really started to affect stuff around here, February, late February, maybe. So been about a year, uh, or almost a year uh, from now. Uh, there was a you know big panic on the toilet paper and all that craziness and food and. Um, so a lot of that comes down to being prepared. And so I, you know, unlike, like we, we live in hurricane country down here and 
we like to talk and fantasize about uh, preparations for the zombie apocalypse. And But a lot of that is the same stuff we need to do uh, to be prepared for hurricane season and the same stuff you would do for the, the zombie apocalypse. Uh, it's really along the, same li- along the same lines. Well, the advantage, or it's probably not the right word, but the, the difference in a hurricane is that we know it's coming. And, you know, normally quite a ways out. And when hurricane season comes along, there's, you know, a list of stuff that we do as a family. We make sure we stock up the gas cans and uh, start the generator and make sure it's running and uh, make sure we're stocked up on water and and a little bit of food and that kind of stuff. Um, so we always do that at the beginning of hurricane season anyway. But then if you see one out there flirting around on the horizon, we know you might stock up on a little, a little few more items than normal. Well, with the corona thing, there really was no notice. It was all of a sudden like, the world's going to end. You, it's carried on the Cheerio cereal box from the store, and there's no toilet paper, and we're all going to die. Um, so I was proud, I guess is maybe a good word, but I was pleased with the way our family was set up at that time. Like We honestly didn't need, need anything. Um, you know, we might have been not as flush as we would, <laughs> see what I did there, not as flush as we would like to be on the toilet paper thing, but... Like I've got 20 years of match T-shirts I can wipe my ass with if, if needed. So that's not a that's not a necessity where I come from, uh, or in my opinion, anyway. Uh, I'm from West Virginia, so don't make a connection there. But so we you know we were able to find some of that here and there, and uh, cleaning supplies we probably were a little light on, and you can do a lot with a gallon of bleach. So you know that was a, that was a lesson learned. The uh, only thing we really didn't have that we wanted is like milk and eggs and you know we've got a four-year-old so we go through some milk and she likes her eggs and but those aren't really necessities you know we could have lived with if there was no milk or eggs ever again on this earth we would survive and um so i was happy that we were good on the food situation and uh, one of the things i did i I, again mentioned this on on uh, instagram or facebook or something uh years ago i read the one second after book and that's kind of the granddaddy of the of the prepper, book, prepper books when an EMP hits and instantly shuts everything down. And that really got me thinking to um, be a little bit more prepared. And again, that carries over great for hurricane season here. Or maybe you're in a tornado area or maybe you're in a uh, snowstorm area. You know, there's a lot of other things besides hurricanes that weather related events that you should be prepared for. Uh, but that one really got me thinking and taken some proactive measures and uh one thing i learned from a buddy of mine is you you don't have to go out and buy three thousand dollars of food right now and build a bunker and all that stuff um he told me the idea i don't know where he got it but just buy one can of something every time you go to the grocery store and whatever you like you know can of soup or beans or vegetables or whatever uh or two that way it doesn't affect your budget at all You're, you're talking whatever 79 cents or whatever it is for a for a can of soup and yeah it's got an expiration date but again if the end of the world is upon us you could probably eat soup that's been expired for a year or six months or five years or whatever uh so we i started doing that and um it really paid off we i mean it doesn't take long till you have a a pretty good stockpile of canned goods which is not great if you got to travel you know in the um EMP scenario or some something really devastating. If you got to you got to get mobile, then that's not going to help you. But 
you know, if you have to shelter in place in these trying times when we're all in it together and need a car loan and all that stuff, um, you know, having food at the house is, is pretty convenient. Well, my mom was down. Uh, this has been a little bit ago, so maybe a year ago or so, and was helping Kristen organize and clean up. Kristen's my wife, for those of you who don't know. I uh, was helping them organize and clean up, and they threw away all the expired canned goods. So, without me knowing about it, of course. And so again, no big deal. I, re I restarted the process, but when the um, when the COVID stuff started, and my mom's getting up there in age, and you know, in in one of the risk categories, uh, she didn't want to go out, uh, or at least as minimal as necessary, which is a smart thing to do. And uh, I was talking to her, and she said, "Man, never did I realize, or never did I think you'd be right on having all that damn food in the house that was expired." And um, so, kind of drove the drove the point home. I think uh, back at that same time, I got some of that that dried or dry uh, freeze dried food. The uh, the Wise uh, brand is the one I went with, uh, and that's pretty expensive, but. Again, it lasts forever, and it's not something you have to buy monthly. You know, I've only got one, so it's not good for that much. 30 days, maybe, or something. Uh, it's been on my list to buy to buy another. Uh, but stuff like that, yeah, the, the can every time you shop thing, I thought was a, was a pretty good idea. Uh, obviously, this crowd <clears throat> is probably good on guns and ammo, so that's not even really talking about that. I've, I've got plenty of that stuff around. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I did bring a couple extra mags. Um, clips for the AR when uh, you know, a little bit later in the time frame when all the, the riots and the BLM stuff and the demonstrations were going on so again we live in a rural area there was really no issue well not really there was no issues of that around where we live I think there was a little bit in Orlando and a little bit in Tampa but you know nothing major but still nonetheless I plussed up a little bit in that in that department even though I've probably got enough at the house that I would have been fine um, and then some other things we didn't, you know, I hadn't really thought about is batteries and candles. Again, this is all hurricane stuff for us, but falls in the same line of, you know, supply chain shut down and things aren't getting, aren't getting restocked. And like weird stuff is, became unavailable and still is. We went to get, the wife asked me to get pepperoni the other night to make a pizza and there was no pepperoni on the shelf and I, asking the public's people, I was like, what's up with the pepperoni? And they're like, we don't know, we're just out of pepperoni all of a sudden. So I didn't didn't research to find out why we were out of pepperoni, but the little things like that I've noticed have, uh, have become oddly hard to get or, or impossible to get. So I've started doing the same thing with batteries and uh, light uh, candles as I did with uh, food. So again, batteries aren't cheap. Candles are cheap, but batteries aren't cheap. So, you know, maybe don't do it every time you go to the store, but every few times grab a pack of double A's or nine volts or you know whatever you got around the house and uh, keep a stockpile and I don't know what the life is on batteries but it's probably a pretty pretty long time and then same thing with the candles there's a little hundred pack or whatever they are of the little tea I think tea lights are called like a little aluminum foil thing with a candle in it super cheap and you know if power goes down or whatever at least you can have some uh, have some light to spread around so I started uh, started doing that as well. So I started a little drawer, and again, keep coming back to the hurricane thing. But it makes a lot of sense for us in a, in a lot of different avenues. And then same thing with toilet paper. I mean, you know, that's bulky to store, 
but and like our local grocery stores still have limits on it because she asked me to get some the other day and paper plates too there was a limit on that like all paper products i guess um so she asked me to get paper plates so i was going to get paper plates and i saw there's a limit of two and i looked over the toilet paper and there was a limit of two so i grabbed two of those and again it's just it's become more aware of me or i've been i've become more aware of stocking up on little stuff like that and if you do it uh, occasionally every other trip or so it doesn't break the bank and you, you end up in sitting pretty good on on stuff uh, obviously water you know if the water supply wasn't affected in this scenario but in other scenarios it could be so we always uh, we always keep water anyway my wife drinks a ton of water and um, you know we have we have a pool so worst case that's gonna supply us for a little while and that's a good good reason to have bleach around and bleach same thing I grabbed a couple of bottles of that um, a lot of a lot of different stuff you can do uh, you can do with bleach so something to think about in your uh, preparations again I thought we went uh, I thought I was I was happy with the way uh, with the way ours worked out and just something to think about for your future and then you know the ammo shortage is around now so it's who knows when that's going to end I was just talking to a guy at the range today. He had, he had some 5.56 for 900 bucks a thousand, which is not amazing, but uh, at least I know it's available. You know, I'm, I'll probably end up buying a couple thousand, to be honest, just to have. And and it's 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 affecting. Well, this is a topic for another conversation, but you know, it's affecting the sport on my end. From what I'm seeing, you know, com- competitor numbers are down, and people are saving either flat, don't have the ammo, or they're saving the ammo that they do have for uh, either important events to shoot, competitions, or into the world scenarios, making sure they got some ammo around. Uh, competition-wise, we just finished up the Florida State USPSA match last weekend and uh, shot single-stack division. Well, there you go, because the ammo thing was part of the reason. I wanted to save some of my nine for bigger matches, so I shot single-stack. I was able to pull off the win there, and I shot it partly because of the ammo deal. But partly because of uh, I won the state match in almost every division except for a few, so I kind of made it a goal to, to win in every division. I might not do revolver real ten. I mean, it doesn't really matter if you win if you don't shoot against anybody. But still got production I think left to go. So maybe maybe next year for that. Uh, and then just had the IDPA state match this weekend, which was not great uh, for me. The, uh, the crew did a great job, Ryan Hand and his crew from Lakeland Defensive Pistol Club. Uh, they, they produced the match, really just rented the range from us. Uh, so I was available throughout the week to help them uh, build stuff a little bit, but I really didn't do much. They were, they were spot on in their construction and their building. Uh, it was a pretty straightforward match, which was Ryan's goal. Um, not, nothing too complicated, a few moving targets, uh, a little bit on the move, but nothing, uh, nothing crazy. And I would say he executed that uh, perfectly. Uh, however, I dropped my damn gun and disqualified on uh, Friday, which we shot. I shot on Friday with the staff day. Um, man, I don't know what happened. At first, I thought my uh, it was on the draw. At first, I thought my vest whipped it out somehow. But I have a very lightweight vest, and uh, that didn't seem likely. But I know when my hand got to the holster there was no gun there it was already gone so i never even got to touch it uh, so i think happened in hindsight 
is I was shooting carry optics, which is a new division for IDPA. And uh, I've never shot carry optics with a, with a vest on, with a cover garment on, other than the two times I practiced this week. And I, I actually did bring it home to dry fire one night and never had an issue, but uh, happened to be stepping backwards on this particular stage, in this particular scenario. And I think probably what happened is I hit the sight with, because I mean, my holster is not super loose. I mean, you gotta, you gotta wanna pull the gun out. Uh, I think what happened is I hit the sight with my either wrist or forearm or, or something and lifted it out of the holster. Because I wouldn't have hit the grip because uh, the way I do the draw stroke when you're clearing the cover, uh, I'm never behind, I'm never around behind the gun, never around behind the grip. I come from the front of my body to to grab the vest and clear it, not from the bottom or the side. So um, once I thought about it a little more, that makes more sense because I'm not accustomed to having that sight on there, I think, when you're wearing a vest. And uh, and that gives you a nice big handle to get a hold of and, and rip it out. So that was unfortunate. Had a good match going. Uh, I've never lost this match, and except for now. So... Embarrassing and sucky, but it happens. Life goes on, so they're going to be at a different range next year from what I understand. I don't shoot a lot of IDPA, as you probably know, but I do like shooting the state match. So I will plan to be there with bells on for that one. Uh, that's all I got for this episode, guys. Hope your 2021 is going better than your 2020. And uh, hit me up with any topics you'd like me to cover on the podcast. I'm going to, like I said, try to get back more, more regularly. I certainly appreciate your support. I appreciate you listening. And I will see you on A Range somewhere. Welcome back, Later. my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Baby, I'm the